0: Saludos familia. Bienvenidos al cafecito con Latinex. Latinex, un podcast para conocer a nuestra gente, nuestros compañeros de trabajo un poquito mejor y compartir nuestras experiencias. Así que busquen su cafecito y a comenzar.
1: Welcome to cafecito with Latinex and Latinex, a podcast for us to get to know our colleagues as people. A better and then share our experiences together. So grab your cafecito espérate, let me coger lo mio, and let's do this. Okay?
2: <laughs> okay. Cafecito con leche. Por favor. Con Latinx. Latinx. That's our jingle.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to our cafecito con leche. We want to start by welcoming everyone to our third podcast and welcoming our newest member Cynthia Torres. we She takes the place of our dearest Adela Cruz and we couldn't think of a better person to continue our journey with. I am Iris de Jesus Perry being joined today by no other Cynthia and the one and only Bill Miller. Today we have an amazing guest stopping by the Capacito shop. Special guest, our dear beloved colleague Mayra. Hi. Hi, Myra. How are you today? Good to
2: see you and hear you, I should say.
0: (laughs) Now, let me tell you a little bit about Myra. This is her bio, her famous bio. Myra Pierce Quintero is a senior program officer in the Ford Foundation's Gender, Racial, and Ethnic Justice area, where the foundation houses its works on mass incarceration, gender, and reproductive justice and immigration. She has overseen the foundation's work on migration in the U.S. for over a decade. Her work currently focuses on the criminalization of migrants and the U.S. immigration enforcement system. Prior to philanthropy, Myra worked in the public, academic, and nonprofit sectors to defend and advance the rights of immigrants. She served as director of the Bureau of Immigrants Immigrant Workers' Rights at the New York State Department of Labor and taught at the New York University, NYU School of Law, co-directing its Immigrant Rights Clinic. She developed the first immigrant rights project of Latino Justice, PRLDEF, a national Latino civ- civil rights organization, where she served as a skating Fellow and later Associate Counsel. Before graduate school, Myra worked with the Mandela Institute for Political Prisoners in Ramaha, a Palestinian city in the West Bank and the UNICEF Caribbean Area Office in Barbados. Myra earned a joint degree in law from NYU as a Ruth Tilden Scholar and in the international development from Princeton Woodrow Wilson School as a Ford Fellow. She is originally from Panama and grew up in San Diego, California. So again, welcome, Myra, and forgive any mispronouncing, pronounced, (laughs) if I mispronounce any of the words. Anyways, this is where the fun begins.
3: did great. All right. I'll pay you later for that.
0: (laughs) Awesome, awesome.
1: (laughs) So, we're gonna, we're gonna start real quick just with what is a cafecito. So, to me personally, a cafecito is when I sit at the table with my friends and we start bonchinchando about the neighbors or about friends or people and everything over a cup of coffee. So, me personally, I don't like black coffee. I can't, it's just too much. So, I put in creamer just to make it look a little bit like as pale as I am.
3: So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty much pale. So, a lot of creamer.
2: So, yeah,
1: ah. so <laughs> a lot not of cream. So, tell me, uh, uh, Myra, how do you take your cafecito?
3: Oh, the same. I, my mm-hmm. kids joke with me, like, do you want a little coffee with your milk? I need it very light. And I think a very embarrassing fact is that you can have soy milk, oat milk, beautiful cream, all these things. I would like powder cremora. The, the best um, oh, okay. <laughs> like
1: my mom i see okay <laughs> my mom too <laughs> so, yes it's like you
3: know person's trait that i have <laughs> yeah.
1: so Mara, how you know you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family roots as we start getting into these fun questions so i'm just curious tell us about you know you your family roots any bonchinche
3: <laughs> oh do i have <laughs> any good change well using the word bonchinche makes me think about my roots because i was born in panama and my siblings and immediate family, like my mom and my siblings, are the only ones in the U.S. Everybody is still there. And when we moved to the U.S., we moved to San Diego, right on the border with Mexico. And so, hearing you say "bocinche" reminds me that in Panama we call it "bocinche," but then I grew up in a Mexican culture where they call it "chisme." So, for those who oh. don't know, how translate "chisme" is the same as "bocinche." <laughs> Um, <laughs> and we liked it all. <laughs> I didn't hear you, Iris.
2: Oh, well, she might be having a Iris little Iris might technical. be drinking
1: too much of her cafecito right yes, now. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> yes. So I'm going to go on with the next question um, and then Iris will come in after that. So here we go. So from your start at the foundation to now, how have you seen your work in migration, immigration change and or develop?
3: Well, um, I mean, it's changed a lot in this country, and so it's changed in my work. Um, I would say when I started at Ford, the area where I sat was a big human rights unit. Women's rights, HIV, racial justice, immigration, all of us sat in one big department together. And immigration was one of the largest portfolios over time. Immigration and racial justice were two huge portfolios for the foundation. We funded everything related to immigration policy and immigrant oh. rights. And then over time, we've narrowed our focus. Uh, we wound down our racial justice funding, which was hard because that was a close partnership for my work. Um, and you know, we've reorganized a bunch of times at Ford. Like I've had four, I was thinking, I have had two different presidents, four different vice presidents and four different directors. And the department where I sat has changed names from the human rights program, civil and and human rights, uh, justice and rights. We've had many, many names. We took all the gender work out. It lived somewhere else. Now I'm reunited with the gender work. So we've had a lot of changes as you know, but the work has stayed pretty steadily focused on the rights of immigrants. So we don't fund you know, a lot of like services or education for immigrants or issues related to bilingual ed. We don't fund a bunch of issues that relate to immigrants. We focus on the rights of immigrants. So that pretty much has stayed at its core. I would say the big change is the last five years, we narrowed our strategy to just look at issues of immigration enforcement more carefully. Like why is this country their only response to immigration more deportation, more detention. Like we don't pass any solutions. We don't fix a system that everybody agrees is broken. We just keep adding more deportation rules, more detention, more expulsions, tightening security at the border, more border agents, it never ends. So I think it was really a great direction for Ford to decide to hone in and say, we have to tackle the issue of enforcement and we can use our dollars more strategically, kind of really looking at that. So that's how that's changed um i guess the other big change of course that you guys all endured is that the building is such an important part of your life as a ford employee and so yeah. i was here for renovation so someday when someone listens to this they will know that for a few years i sat in times square we sat in that temporary swing space together they renovated the building came back and now we are the ford what is it ford foundation center on social center justice for social justice yeah social justice philanthropy i don't remember the exact date but it used to be only ford foundation now we have tenants and friends and visitors and art gallery and that's been a big change in my day-to-day life too
2: as a ford employee fantastic okay so nope iris we cannot hear you yet so put the the cafequito down (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, I think she put it.
1: a little Baileys in her cafecito, maybe, I
2: don't
3: know. <laughs> right. And I didn't, you know, Cynthia, I didn't finish tell, answering your question, so I want to go back to one thing about about my um, trajectory from Panama to San Diego. Mm-hmm. We're, Because I grew up right on the border, these immigration issues that I ended up working on are really interesting for me because, of course, I had a very different experience than people who are just crossing the border from Tijuana to San Diego because I had the privilege of coming, someone had a job here, we flew here, my mom had papers, you know, we didn't go through that. But the immigration issue is very close to my heart and I saw it, up. in addition to being an immigrant myself, the experience of migration, I lived, if you live on the border, You feel it in every day, in every way, you know. I experienced the change in my life of people coming back and forth from Tijuana to San Diego freely. We used to go get our gas in Tijuana. We went to the movies in Tijuana. We got our panaderias, dentists, leather shoes. Like we just went back and forth for everything to over time the tightening and tightening and tightening of that border. And people not being able to go back and forth. And so my personal upbringing really affected how I see the work and what drew me to the work so oh that's awesome that's incredible I, I know that um, we're
1: working on the some of um, Iris's issues I'm, I personally think that she put too much Baileys in her cafecito
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna jump into one of the questions that I had and it's really curious I remember years ago under the last president not the current we had a worldwide meeting and on the last day we were all invited to the auditorium and there was a session where you were there, and you brought out this thing. And I'm curious, do you still have that stuffed elephant from that meeting? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Only the old timers remember that. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. I, I I don't know what that is because I guess I wasn't part of that. Um,
1: just to uh, bring it up a little bit, it was the last session of Worldwide Meeting Week. And you made it so eloquently where you brought out the proverbial elephant in the room
0: discussion and it
3: was a cute
1: stuffed elephant so I'm curious that.
3: so I'm glad you asked that actually because I can finally say that was not my elephant uh, and okay. I felt that I was speaking on behalf of many others so um If you remember, the last day and the last session of the worldwide Meeting, they asked a few people to give reflections of the whole week. And so at that time, we were going through a lot of very tough transitions at Ford. Um, We had lost a lot of big buyout package. A lot of work was getting cut off. Um, People were not terribly happy with the culture inside the foundation of like people felt nervous that they were going to lose their jobs or people weren't generally satisfied and happy with everything that was going on and so when it was my when I was asked to go up and give the closing remarks I felt like I'm not going to just speak on behalf of myself there are a lot of people who are experiencing this and so we had this very joyful celebratory worldwide meeting and nobody addressed the fact that underneath the mariachi bands and the you know the wine and cheeses and all the fun things that we did all that week you no know, like we never talked about like llegar al grano like we say in Spanish like get to the core yeah. of the issue which is like we all have this like weird discomfort about the direction of the foundation so i took a risk and so another colleague had that elephant and lent it used it during the worldwide meeting for something else and i said i got to borrow that and so i said i'm going to take a risk and put myself out there and say Let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of colleagues from the global offices came to me and said, Wow, are you afraid you're gonna lose your job? Like maybe you're gonna get fired for having done that. And I felt that was so sad that people really felt that you yeah. mm-hmm. might be retaliated against. And I will say for future people who are asked to speak and call out things to the foundation, it has I've never been I've never suffered any negative consequence for that. On the contrary, I feel like I'm trusted and people are appreciative that I said that. And after that, I tell Martin all the time, I was like a victim of my own success. He asked me the next two worldwide meetings to be on the closing panel, which is (laughs) a lot of work. But it was worth it because I felt like I get to speak on behalf, you know, speak for others who might not feel as safe to speak out, so.
1: No, I I appreciate it. I actually liked it because I started right after the what some people call the purge um and, oh, the purge
2: oh gosh
1: <laughs> um so i i had that feeling like i sensed it and i was like where's well, a you know good somebody's talking about it everybody should talk about it why are you afraid about it just do it just say it and you know i some, you know you have people who approached you but i also heard mumblings like at least somebody said it you know
2: <laughs> so I think- I, Wait, can, can I you think hear Iris me? Iris
0: is back, right? Yeah. Can you hear what? me? Got back. Back. Well, yeah, Let me tell you that Bailey was awesome. Thank you, Cynthia, for sending me that bottle last night. <laughs> that's, I what, that's, what do, that's what friends do. We
1: hook each other up.
0: I apologize, <laughs> but I do love my coffee. cafecito con leche. Okay. So Cynthia, um, give me a second. I'm gonna interrupt now. Are you going oh, sorry, are you finished with your question? You and Myra?
1: Yes, I learned that she no lo- She That's not her elephant And there's no way for me to ask
2: her for it for myself So yes, <laughs> gonna, Is that what you were going to do? You were going to ask her to give you the elephant? That's what this whole question is about too that's what you I wanted. really liked
0: it oh. Why not?
1: <laughs> You know when you put the elephant It's a Latino thing You put the elephant's butt facing your doorway yeah. So whenever you have an elephant You always face the butt with the tail to the doorway to the door, So right. then that means To bring in the money into the house Bring the money into the house Bring the money <laughs> Really? It's
0: well, no, yeah. no, guess oh. what I found out? Oh, no. I learned from a different culture that to war- to keep enemies away, you put the butt of the elephant toward the entrance of your apartment. I'm thinking, so if it farts, buh-bye. You know, <laughs> enemies. I like the money thing. I don't like the thing. I like the money thing.
1: I like the
0: money thing, too. I can't see the money in, in the butt, you know. But anyways, I'm back, people. So <laughs> welcome. It's my turn, and since I took a long leave of absence during this cafecito, I have a two-part question for you, Myra. Uh oh. Tell me about the teaching days at NYU. Did you enjoy the most? What What did you enjoy most about the job, and the least? And uh, did you like teaching? Some people don't like teaching, and they're a teacher.
3: Oh goodness! So I did love teaching. Um, I think. It was the hardest job I've ever had in my life. Harder than anything at Ford, harder than litigating, harder than anything. Why? Uh, You know, well, first of all, I was relatively early in my career. So I wasn't that much older than my students. So I had to come in. We had a seminar twice a week, three hour seminar. I co-taught with another professor twice a week. So the amount of preparation to actually engage them, do the reading, assign, like really on the fly answer questions. And these students were so smart. I remember I had graduated, not that much before then, but somehow I felt like it was some new special crop of students. Like I was like, was I like this as a law student? They were so smart and engaged. And I had to be at the top of my game every single day, all the time. And then on top of it, it's in law school, we have what we call clinical programs. So I was teaching a clinic. So we have a seminar together, but the students also take cases with me. So they get like 14 credits for my class. It is the bulk of their year wow. they spend doing it. Yeah. So we develop a very tight relationship, which I loved. It was amazing. And the students were so incredible. But they also superv- I also supervise them on their cases. So that was also a lot of work because 14? I want to be sure,
0: you know, I, yeah, they like, get 14 credits. No, no, no. How, and how many students did you have? That's a lot of supervision. Uh, That's a lot well, of work. It was constant
3: supervision. Another professor and I split the cases. So she did half and I did half. But, you know, you can imagine, like, if I have to write a letter to the judge, boom, 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 I just bang it out. With, when you're with the student, you sit, you reflect, what do we want to say to the judge? How might we frame it? How is right. the judge thinking of your client? Like you want to model for them the best, best practices. So everything was a lot of work. Yes. And These are cl- many of the clients are clients that I brought with me from Pearl that from the job I had before. So I cared and was really invested in these cases. So I wanted to make sure the clients got the best representation. So I would work with the students. Like if we had a six or seven hour deposition, we would prepare six or seven days around the clock. Wow. Happy, practicing, wow. running. Just a very labor-intensive way of working, but it was amazing. And I had such a big passion students because it was their first time watching that. First time they had a client, first time right. they fought for someone's rights, first time they win something in court. It was so transformative. I love being on the journey with them. And now, so many of them are working at grantee organizations i was just on a presentation last week everybody was wowed by this woman on a funder call and she was my student i was trying to tell everybody like
0: hey that's my student oh,
3: So
1: that's, that's awesome. wow that, that yeah. is
0: awesome so it looks like the hardest part was just preparing for those lessons those seminars those three-hour seminars i
3: am- and all the provision like you have to be really responsive that you have to Really support them, so you and gotta guide be them all the time. Giving, yeah. Them, yeah, sorry
0: about that. Guide them without giving them the answer to their work,
3: exactly.
0: And but I did I, I love know. It. No, and the thing is, how did they feel? Sorry, this wasn't part of it, but how do yeah. they feel that you and, and the student were almost at the same age? Did they have any envy or whatever? Or they must have been like, not envy, but you know, they, they must have been like, wow, I want to be like you. Like, you're thinking <laughs> that they're smart, but. You think that they're more mature and smarter than you were at that age, but at the same time, you're not much older than they are. So they must have been like, I can't wait to get to your level.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, one thing is, even though I was tempted to chat and spend time with them and connect, I really created a lot of boundaries because I knew... I need to carry myself in a certain way. Like sometimes I have to correct them. Sometimes they need, they've done something wrong. Like, and that actually helped me in this job at Ford. Like I love my grantees. Many of them are former friends and colleagues, but I created the same kind of boundaries. Like, you know, someday I have to say no to them for a grant. I don't, you know, I I kept a little distance and I did the same thing with the students. I loved them, but I behaved like a professor as much as I could. Try to not, not totally... Succumb to my desires of hanging out and getting a drink. Like I really loved it, but I did. I tried not to like enmesh myself because I felt like I needed that distance to be able to supervise them well.
0: Well, well, thank you. Um, thank you for answering my long-winded questions. Um, uh, but I just gotta say one thing: your contact phone book, address book must be huge. So you keep bringing <laughs> yes. people from the past and current people and old students. And 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 thank you for letting us know that you have to create boundaries and you have to stay professional with your contacts and then with your real friends who is not work related then you can be yourself because you always yeah. have to be the role model and mm-hmm. that that's important so um, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that with us so, okay you,
2: so I, I have a question now i know you had mentioned um earlier that you were born in panama and you gave us a little uh quick little synopsis of um what it was like. But I want to know more or less like what, uh, how your childhood was uh, in Panama. Did you stay in Panama for a little while? Or did you, you, I know you you came here and you have family that might still be there. But what do you, what do you love about, you know, Panama um, going and and being there? And uh, what do you think you wish could change about Panama, uh, things that that you feel that would be that Panama would benefit from. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that's a good question.
3: So I'm sure everybody feels this, but I, Panama is amazing. I I sometimes I want to tell everyone, and sometimes I want to keep it a secret because I don't want everybody to move there Some and take over to, to move there. Um, it is really incredible. First of all, you know, like my mom grew up on the Atlantic coast of Panama. And for some part of her life, she commuted. She lived on the Pacific Coast and commuted to the Atlantic back and forth. Like, it's a amazing <laughs> opportunity because it's a very narrow isthmus.
2: You know, the Panama Canal is there. It's, it's very small. How long is that journey? Is it a, is it a couple it's, of hours, a day?
3: No, 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 a couple of hours on a train.
2: Okay, on a train. And oh, so, wow.
3: at the narrowest part. At the know, narrowest point, yeah. So it's, imagine like a, it's, even though Central America on our maps looks vertical, up and down, Panama is actually horizontal like this. And so it has a really narrow part where you can go back and forth. Um, you, the board, you know, it's a long distance from our border with Costa Rica to Colombia at the other end is very long. Okay. From Atlantic to Pacific. So um, it's because of the Panama Canal, we have had an infusion when they were building the canal of lots of different cultures so we have a big Chinese population first Chinese workers oh, were wow. imported from the canal they died uh, of malaria and yellow fever and they said okay we need to import the next batch of people so a lot of Caribbean and people of African descent moved into Panama to build the canal and then stayed and build communities there oh, so okay. when I was in Barbados working for UNICEF they have whole outfits that cater to Barbados Bajan people, people from Barbados, who go to Panama to find their ancestors. Cause so many people from Barbados ended up in Panama. So they're constantly taking trips. Like, hey, you live in Barbados, you know some of your family went to Panama for the to build the canal. We'll take you on a journey to explore Panama and try to find your relatives. So there's a lot of connection. Like my grandmother actually her family is from Martinique, another French speaking Caribbean island. French speaking Caribbean, yes. <laughs> wow come to panama different channels so we have like such a rich cultural racial diversity in panama like even in my own family you can see everything from you know the darkest to the lightest blonde afros blue eyes you know it's like a classic like caribbean latin american flavor in panama which i think is so beautiful so rich of course we have our issues so i'm glad you asked that bill because one of the things um you know, a legacy of colonialism and imperialism that we suffer is really entrenched racism. So although we love and embrace, you know, within our families and our communities, we have such a diversity, we know that at the core, there's still a lot of racism in Panama. Like the wealthiest, like the aristocratic class in Panama is very light-skinned. You still hear a lot of colorism, which is so prevalent. Mm -hmm countries, right? Where they look yeah. where they say the baby, a new baby's born or baptized and that abuelita kisses the baby and then as she's walking back, you know, always make some comment on the complexion. Like it's the first yeah. comment, like thank God she's so light. Too bad she's so dark. You know, like we have that. She right. has so, good
1: hair. She has bad
3: hair. Yes. Right. Like we lead with that analysis. So I wish that was different in Panama. It's better. I mean we are obviously very mixed culturally in panama so it's we don't suffer as intense of like segregation as before but you know it's really underneath everything is quite a bit of racism and colorism so i wish that would change in panama but it's so beautiful you cannot imagine like beautiful beaches mountains volcanoes hiking my brother lives there now. After, during the pandemic, he decided to move back and then he's sending everyday videos of his life. Mango, papaya, aguacate, like oh, the my fruit, gosh. monkey, toucan, hummingbirds, like just all around his house, these little monkeys that come, eat the bananas, go back, Like it's really so many little pockets of paradise. It's, it's amazing. And then the capital is like a vibrant metropolis. You wouldn't believe it. Every time I show people pictures, I don't know what Americans think that like we don't have buildings. We have like big high-rise buildings, and everyone is shocked. Like, oh my God, that's not how I imagined.
2: Like it couldn't like that couldn't be in Central and uh, Central America and uh, uh, South America, and uh, it's, exactly. it's not possible. People are like, oh my gosh, I don't believe it. Well, maybe you should have
0: wooden fire only. <laughs> yeah, Come, exactly. indoor plumbing didn't make it to the Panama. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really love it. I mean, if somebody, if I could swing it, I would figure out how to move back. Because now I saw my brother do it. He just rearranged his life and did it, and he is living <clears throat> such a better life, such oh. a better life. Oh
0: wow! So, well, fresh air and all that, you know, mm-hmm. less pollution and all that. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that-
1: Well, I'm curious. You know, we are so thankful that you chose a career in philanthropy. Not just us, but your students and a whole bunch of other people. But what if? What if you didn't choose a career in philanthropy? What would you have done instead? What would have been like your alter ego's second life, dreams, job or something?
3: Oh, That's. I mean, this was such a fluke that I ended up in this job that I feel like this is an easy question because it's more like, how did I end up in philanthropy? because this was not where I was headed. I think I probably would have ended up um, staying in academia because I had found a way at the time, around the time I came to Ford, um, a lot of law schools were wanting to add immigration law clinics. Their students had a demand for it. Students wanted to be trained in immigrant rights and immigration. And so a lot of law schools were hiring for this type of skill. And so it was it would have been a good time for me to try to move in. But I did go on the academic teaching market to get to job at a law school. And um, I don't know, I think it would have been a natural next course, especially with kids, have the summers off, do, have a you know it was really hard teaching as a new person but i feel like over time you hit your stride and it would have been an easier job so i think i would have ended up in academia teaching an immigration law clinic training the next generation of community-minded lawyers and activists through my teaching that's what i think that's awesome. awesome
0: all right it's me i'm back Myra, are you ready for me
2: uh oh! <laughs> Are you ready? I'm, I'm you want to answer? Are you
0: sure? Something well, embarrassing is coming. Myra, no, don't worry. This is a good one. It's my next question that you should worry about, just a little bit. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, I, I I would like to know what is the greatest gift that your parents have given you that prepared you for life?
3: Oh, that that one is easy because it's I reflect on it all the time now that I'm an adult. Unconditional, yeah. it sounds so cheesy, but it's unconditional love. Like, oh, really, uh-huh. I know the feeling. Wow. I, I actually have experience what unconditional love feels like. There's nothing that I could do with my life that my mom had no expectations of. There's nothing that would change the love for me, and I didn't really appreciate it till I was an adult, and I also met a lot of people who have not had that experience. And how much it changes your life to not have that partner. my mom like we all did great you know my sister has a phd in neuroscience and psychology but we had zero pressure my mom literally i could have come home mom i really would like to i don't know you may even like me i, I want to be a uh, pole dancer i mean literally anything. my mom would be like oh my god that's so wonderful i love you so much.
2: Find okay, how- so I'm just going to interrupt you for a second My because we are having a little bit of difficulty hearing you and we want to hear that whole thing over again. So you'll have to say it word for word again. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. But
0: Myra, you know what I'm thinking, Myra, when you're talking, keep your head straight. Don't move oh, your stop. head to the <laughs> side. Maybe you <keep> put the <laughs> microphone by your mouth, if you have a microphone better, because that's when we started to lose a little bit of, re- you know, noise. And I do it was just me. Oh,
3: because I'm moving. And you know what? I'm gonna turn the air
2: conditioner off. No, no, okay. not the
0: air conditioner. Yeah. Just keep your head straight. You don't yeah, hear that, I mean.
2: No, no, we're no, not no I hear
0: you perfectly the, fine now too, the, yeah. The
2: last question you answered was perfect. So okay. maybe it's okay. just this, so, so maybe it was just that. So, okay, I'm sorry. Just go ahead and say that whole thing over
3: then. I also feel like it's a gift I'm giving anybody who is in the position to be nurturing or raising a kid. I receive really, truly unconditional love from my mom. my mom raised me, I lived only with her. And she made very clear every way she could that there was nothing, nothing that we could do that could change her love for us and it kind of gave me the courage and the strength to take risks, to pursue what I wanted. I mean, she, my achievements are my own. My mom didn't push me or put expectations on me. And she just was that constant safety net, anything you want to do. And so, now in particular as i have met people who did not feel unconditionally loved by their parents i really understand what a foundation that gives you and i think about it all the time with my kids and now i just say it explicitly when i uh, lose my mind and yell at them or something <laughs> i say hold on i want you to know even when i'm mad at you you know nothing changes my love for you right i love you so much because i i really appreciate now as an adult that that's what gave me like Everything.
0: That wow, that is so true.
1: Amazing.
0: Do you know? Also, in my opinion, that when you're raised with love, it gives you security. It gives you some kind of protection to know that someone's with you. Because when I grew up, we didn't say we love each other. It's like it's an understanding. We just don't because that's you know we just gotta stay tough and strong. But in but after I got married, I have a daughter. I, and also after my twenties. I started to call my brothers and sisters on the phone and say, I love you, I love you. And they're like, wow, you're you're getting sensitive on me. But when I I got my daughter, when I had my child, I constantly tell her how much I love her because it's important. I tell my husband. And I don't tell her that I love her when I'm angry. I tell her later on. But I think I'm going to practice that, Myra. I'm going to try to remember while she's upsetting.
3: Yeah, just to make sure (laughs) that they don't feel like how they behave and who they are is going to affect your love for them yes. So, Yeah, yes totally. the biggest...
2: that, that, thank that's, you that's, that's a that's that's awesome so i have i have another question for you mm-hmm. and um this kind of i guess kind of runs into the last question but it might be a, it might be a different answer um so Tell us just tell us one lesson you instill in your children to push them so towards success. Now, I know you said your, your mom really never gave really uh, you know whatever you decided you were going to do, she was okay with that. But I assume that you, you know, I think all parents um, want the very best for their 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 kids and want them to uh, ex- exceed, no matter what they ch- they choose in life. They want them to uh, exceed. So uh, what would you tell your children or what do you tell them to push them forward and to to make them uh, feel like they are a success no matter what?
3: Oh, yeah. It's harder to put into practice. I really, uh, like, my mom in some ways had it easy because we landed okay. But we weren't always okay. Like, my sister dropped out of high school and my brother dropped out of high school. And both of them are very accomplished now. So she let them find their way. I don't know that I have the strength to let my kids totally find their way.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm talking about.
2: Just as a sidebar, were your brother and sister, were were they here? Or were they there? Okay. They were
3: here and really didn't enjoy high school and really were involved in other things and so on. They both had kids really young, so they ended up finding their way. But um, I don't know that I have the... the, the strength to let my kids totally find their way I would say um, in addition to trying to convey to them that you know who they are and what they do isn't going to change my love for them I would say um, I've been trying as much as I can to get them to not care what other people think so much I grew up sort of like a people pleaser when I was a kid. I wanted to make sure everybody liked me. I was sensitive, someone didn't like me, or I'd worry, like I'd feel embarrassed about things if my mom did this. I really um, would love so much for them to liberate themselves. Like now as an adult, I can really tell them it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what other people think of you. What matters is like your happiness and you finding your way, you being a good person, you contributing to your community. Like these are the things that matter. So that's the one thing I try to tell them. And, you know, it's really hard to be a kid and, you know, go through puberty trapped in a house during a pandemic with your mom. Like my boys are just trapped here with me. So I feel like... You know, we're having like this opportunity to spend a lot of time together. So I don't know how they're going to be outside of here. But we've been talking a lot about not caring, releasing yourself from feeling judged by other people. And that starts with also not being judgmental because they love to, you know, judge. We just had our spring concert for my kids school on Zoom and they had so many comments about everybody everybody's performance snarky things and look at this one and look at that and haha. Ha, ha. and I was like no <laughs> no stop judging everybody that's why you feel judged because you think everybody behaves how you do judging everyone exactly so we're talking a lot about judging and not caring about other people's judgment but also not judging yeah,
2: yeah, that's, 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 that's true
3: that is awesome um, I'm gonna
1: take a step back and go a different route and I'm going to pay homage to the uh, premiere yesterday of In the Heights, in my neighborhood. Ah, mm-hmm. very good. All right.
0: The premiere
1: was three blocks up from where I grew up. So when you go see the movie and you see the block, that's my block. When you see the park, oh, that's wow. my park. Oh, so wow. all they, those different like, places is where I played hooky while I was <laughs> in school. <laughs> oh, no. tell my mom. Oh, But <laughs> no. let's make instead of In the Heights at the foundation and we're doing a movie about you. So this is you, Myra, at Mm Ford. Who is going to play? Pick the actress that will play
2: you. And, and, And and while we're at it. Can you tell us, can I just add, can you tell us why you picked that particular person? Yes. I mean, it, it would have to okay, would it could okay. be anybody, old or young, because it has gotta be some reason why. So just tell us, that would be good. Yes,
3: oh my God. So this is so embarrassing because my answer is just so cliche. I mean, like, I, I wish I had a really good answer, but I gotta say J-Lo. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's so <laughs>
0: ridiculous.
3: It's the most ridiculous answer. But well, one is this is a good reminder that there are very few blockbuster Latina actresses, right? Yeah. So talking yes. about a handful of people. And there are others that I respect much more for many things. It was smart, brilliant actresses, community-minded people like America Ferrer, Rosario Dawson, mm-hmm. all of these things. But come on, who wouldn't want JLo to play them? She's so hot. Like I mean, just at her age, her fitness, her stamina, her dancing, her body, her style, (laughs) like all of it. I just have to, like, have a superficial moment and say, I would love to watch her portraying Absolutely. She has a huge platform. Does
1: that mean that during her portrayal of you, she will break out and do a dance routine as my? Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I want it all. But, you know, Bill, thank you for that point she also has a huge platform. So that means she's going to be dancing around and talking about immigrant justice. And then there's going to be billions of people watching. And even people who hate immigrants will consume the message because they want to watch J-Lo. So it's a strategic move also.
0: Do you know why I was laughing while you were talking, Myra? I wasn't making Mm. fun of you. I know you know that. But I wanted to comment that J-Lo has risen from where she started to where she is today. And that's the struggle of a woman, her strength, her Perseverance. So that's why I'm so happy you chose her and all that. She is hot. And, and well, you know, I don't got to worry about
3: <laughs> it. Because this minute is yeah. about Myra. So good. You. You know, all right, Myra. Uh, it's true, Iris. So, because JLo at 30 is like a cliche. But JLo at 50 is like, wow, no, she is a woman who has risen and re risen. Like it's, it's, it's she's now woman. a different symbol of strength. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Just so you know, the last,
1: uh, halftime show, not this past football, Super Bowl, the uh, one before. It Mm -hmm. was one of the most watched halftime shows, one of the most highest rated and Mm -hmm. one of the most admired. And that was because you had J-Lo and Shakira. And they brought in Uh, the Caribbean, the Latin, the Afro-Colombian, all that type of music and dancing. And it was one of the most highest rated. And the fact that those women are older than me, that's who I want to be when I grow up. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Actually, I think, yes. I think uh, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia, I think it was the second highest rated um, halftime performance ever. The only one that was above that, the only one that was above that was, I Olivia believe, it was Luther Prince.
0: Wait, yeah, no, Prince it could have been Olivia Newton-John. I just don't think she was, Olivia I don't think they
2: asked Randall. her to do the thing. It might have been if it was Olivia john but no, no. Oh, yeah, I it think was Prince. Only, yeah, it was the only, Prince. the only halftime show higher than that ever was uh, Prince's Prince. um, halftime show. Wow. So that's an accomplishment. Considering that Aerosmith played, yes. all, uh, Justice Timberlake, he uh, Justin Timberlake, he also um, yes. uh, did the halftime mm-hmm. show. So to beat all these high-profile people, I mean, uh, uh, absolutely, yeah. yes. and the two of these Latinas together was just just great. Yes, um, I, and I, I love think that might be your next question, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But wait, oh, no, no, okay.
3: but I will give the first slot. I love Prince so much. Like if yeah, I have um... to give the first slot to someone, I will gladly let Prince hold that first most rated and let Shakira and JLo be right beneath him I love but
0: he was a remarkable I'm so sorry he was a remarkable artist and that's the full word of artist: writing his own music playing every instrument I mean can you get that today I mean he was caught remember that yes there you go sorry Myra continue
3: but also I love the point you made Cynthia that Shakira and JLo they brought in political elements too yeah they were bringing I, Afro identity, indigenous identity, the P- Puerto Rican flag is you know, making statements about s- sovereignty. I mean, it was, I was surprised even for them that they would kind of infuse it with some political, cultural messages for the mass audiences. I loved it. It was so good.
1: And, and Shakira, since she's half Middle Eastern, she also brought in some of those dance moves that she incorporated along yeah. with her Colombian dancers. So it was mind-blowing everything that they brought in
3: yes now i and cynthia you guys are the most physically fit women i know latinas or otherwise committed to your health which is beautiful disciplined to never stop your regimen and so i'm gonna have you recreate that halftime show for us at the foundation yeah (laughs)
0: all
3: right no oh you see you see that's that's what you haven't heard me sing while
1: i'm on the treadmill um, let's just say that my husband and my son prefer not to be in the house when that happens.
3: <laughs> well, that's oh. why we have Bill.
2: No one yeah, sings I'll, better I'll, than Bill. Oh, I'll, I'll sing behind you.
0: Well, and How about <laughs> this? Can, can Bill be the main singer and me and Cynthia be the dancers in the back since we know how to run for a long distance? Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I'm okay I'm with o-
2: that. I've yes, always, wanted, I've always wanted dancers. Always. <laughs> always. Right.
0: So, all right. So talking about dancing and running this is my perfect question for you Myra here we go Mm -hmm. Myra what is your favorite sport that you participate in okay well what is your favorite sport now Mm -hmm. some people don't really participate in their favorite sport they like to watch it so (laughs) tell me one that you participate in and then tell me one that you like to enjoy it from a distance your TV from you know just in case
3: okay so this is kind of a, a cop out, but I, I have three kids and they are all very engaged in sports. So I participate in soccer by being a slave to soccer. Our soccer regimen in our house—love it, insane! Like my oldest son is on a travel team. He trains three times a week. He's got games Saturday and Sunday even through the pandemic tournaments they just took the state cup last weekend he broke his foot so he didn't play oh, but I'm so sorry. like with one son we are consumer soccer this other one plays soccer and basketball um is just learning basketball, and my little one is now in a girls' league for soccer and loves it. So I participate in soccer very intensely because I'm the slave that has to drive them and sit through soccer, gazillions mom, of not a slave, a <laughs> soccer
0: mom, I was a so- soccer mom too. Nothing wrong with
3: that. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I happen to really love soccer, so obviously, like I push them in that direction. You know, in oh. Panama, we love soccer. Yeah. I love yeah. I've had some fun during World Cup days. I love watching soccer. Um and kind of just consuming soccer culture. Professional soccer, World Cup soccer. I personally, the only way I like to move my body is dancing. I'm, I love sports, like watching them, but I'm like very not fit these days. So <laughs> <laughs> I think... Dancing like with the kids, I do a lot of dance parties. We got on the PlayStation that dance, dance, whatever thing. Right. Dance Revolution. Really talking about
2: yeah. Da- dance America. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I did it so much with that, I paid the money to download a whole nother batch of songs because I had run out of the same songs. <laughs> now I'm like, it's all new songs available. So
0: I like that. Also, you know what? And I want to say to the non-soccer players and participants that you got to give it up to the soccer players because they have awesome legs strong legs strong calves i mean if, you, if you've never seen one or touch one i i recommend that you go find one and just know yeah <laughs> ask,
3: ask permission before you touch them okay yeah.
0: okay okay you should do that too all right <laughs> thank you for answering my question Myra.
3: yes my boys have like really thick legs like you know a lot of times men have a hard time building up their legs but Yeah. Not if you were playing soccer.
2: Yeah. Not if you're playing soccer. So um, we have roughly about 15 minutes left. So I'm going to ask another question. I had a question um, lined up, but you already asked it. You already answered it. So I'm just going to go to another question I got for you. And uh, I love this particular question because I think this will. Well, I'm going to ask it, and then you'll 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 understand why. If you wrote a book about your life, what would the title be, and why? Okay, I need a minute to think about this. <laughs> I knew I got you. You're a minute, you're a minute. <laughs> yeah, you were so good at every single question. You didn't, uh, you didn't even like flinch. Now we got you.
3: Just to go I know finish. you got me, and now it, it, it. I mean, many of these are embarrassing. So this one, I guess I would say something like uh, crossing over, crossing over, crossing back. Something. I feel like one of my. You know, we all have superpowers um oh. that at, i feel like i'm reflecting a lot because i'm leaving for later this year and thinking about what am i good at what do i want to do next what skills do i break i don't need to toot my own horn but i do think that toot i am good. At, i'm good at building bridges and translating across languages and communities and like breaking down something really complicated to the students or taking um you know, we have different factions within our movement, some that are more radical and some that are more mainstream. I feel like I can cross across many, many different spaces. I can sit in a community of racial justice advocates and bring that into the innocent rights movement. I, I just feel like I'm sort of like a translator, like a bridge builder. And so um that's come up in many different ways in my life. And I think that my book would have to have something to do with like building bridges or crossing over and i think that's a really important skill like learning how to talk across audiences and understand different perspectives and educate people and connect people i just it's an undervalued skill that we don't promote but i do think it's really important you guys on this call happen to have that i must say but not everybody does and I, i i think um I would want to highlight. I would want a book that kind of highlights that weird
2: thread of skills uh, and opportunity. I think, I think everyone has a mutant power. I like to think of myself as a mutant, and I like to think that every <laughs> single and a mutant in a good way because I do like the X Men and I like Marvel, Marvel um, and DC. So uh, when I look at those people and I look at the, the fact that they have powers. Um, even though we don't have powers in the same sense, I think each person has their own mutant sort of power that they can do better than anybody else. And Mm -hmm. I love the way that you you frame this because each one of us has a skill that we bring uh, to the table that we might do better than anyone that we know or just just it's just our own thing we could sleep drink eat breathe it all day no no, no mm-hmm. issue. So I really love that to, to, to hear that from you because that's a that's a that's a real honed in mutant power that you know i I, I would love to to have and, and and you know maybe I do maybe I don't but it's just something that you don't hear people say every day so yeah great.
3: we to, okay I have a better title now that you just said oh, that great. Good, good. Because, you know, that's <laughs> not going to sell any books. My last title was a dog. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a catchy title that makes people pick it up and say, what is this? Uh, the title's going to be My Friend. Oh, I Can Talk to a Ham Sandwich. Wow. No, I, 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 got,
0: I just got a reaction. I love there, it.
3: Yes. There is because in my life, even when I was little, my mm. father lived far away from where I grew up. And when I got a little older, my mom and dad agreed that I would go with my sister to spend the summer there. And I took a plane there by myself and back in the summers to see him. I also went to Panama in the summers. And on the plane ride, they used to have the unaccompanied minors. You get a little badge, the stewardesses and flight attendants will pay attention to you inevitably when i would land i would be best friends with whatever adult was sitting next to me we would have talked we would have engaged they would have wanted to meet my parents when we land and it's continued until now there's no one i can't talk to and so my husband has joked like oh my god if you had a ham sandwich sitting next to you at the bus stop you would make (laughs) friends with it like do you have to talk to everybody i love that but it is true and it and it's gotten me jobs i worked for a federal judge in brooklyn And when I was waiting for my interview, I was chatting with his longtime secretary that works in the chambers with him. And later when I got the job, she explained to me that that is part of the interview that people don't know about. That while they're waiting, do they engage with her? Are they warm with her? Do they connect with her? Mm -hmm. Or are they rude and nervous and just waiting to see the judge? And you know, by the time I was done before my interview, I knew about her kids, we were laughing, we were exchanging (laughs) recipes, like, you know. So And that got me the job And I had no wow. idea I just exactly. thought So these things pay off Make friends yes. with that ham sandwich The, the
0: funny thing wow. is I gotta say I, My husband says I can talk to anybody I mean All <laughs> I gotta do Is look at someone But I can About anything And that's a gift <laughs> you know, And, and that a is gift. a gift and, and you're friendly And all that And people cannot Misinterpret you at all Because we're open And honest and, <laughs> and so I think That's why also My my. <laughs> I've always felt comfortable with you. We, we never had a long conversation, but we always enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. whenever we cross that line at the cafeteria or yeah. in the hallway. It's so I just wonderful. wanted to say that. That's awesome. Thank um, you. I
1: have somewhat of a fun question, and maybe I'm going to age myself right now. Like, I know the only music I basically listen to is whatever's on the Peloton app. And I'm using it <laughs> to run or something. But, like, I hear all these people talking about Carol G and the new one from Cardi B. And I'm like, hey, wah, huh, whatever. Um, so I'm not the one to ask, like, what am, you know, what's my favorite song right now? Because I really don't have one. But I'm curious, like, right now, if you were to turn on, you know, like, your, your iPhone or whatever. And the first song that pops up, like, what are you listening to right now? What kind of music?
3: Oh, goodness. These are embarrassing questions, even though you don't know they're embarrassing.
1: Um, <laughs> I, didn't know. I don't
3: know, I hate like myself, I don't like... Well, I don't we, have, we have this um, family playlist on Spotify, and so that when we're in the car or we're... We, I like to clean to music. I imagine that's a Latina thing. I can't clean yep. unless I have music pumping, or rather, I clean better if I have the music going. So we put on the Bluetooth speaker and we all clean and we run the family playlist. And I always thought if anybody saw this list, I would die of embarrassment. It is the most random assortment of stuff. Old Spanish music, new salsa. Anything that my kids put on there, which is crazy. Like, uh, you know, a year ago, I wanted to kill myself if I had to hear. old town road like they just keep playing on repeat whatever the most popular kids song is and they play it over and over till i want to kill myself um and then now we use the playlist to prank each other so do you guys know what the hamster song is at hamster dance <laughs> <speaking <No>. <speaking> It's oh, yes, yes, yes. I yes. think so, but... Yes, I know that, that song. Everybody would know it, it's very annoying. So now we prank each other through the family plays. My son puts my most hated songs on there, and then it's blasting on the speaker, and it comes on, and he laughs his legs up. Hamster dance. Um, I'd be flossing, the worst song ever. I'd be hit. flossing. i what? be flossing. Oh, okay. like, oh so, my God. Now even, play this is even worse because it has their... They've weaponized the playlist and put oh, yeah. songs on there. <laughs> if I were on my own, I do like, um, I like salsa. I like merengue, but I like old music. I also like political songs. Like um, There's a Cuban singer, Silvio Rodriguez, who I love, plays beautiful political music. Um, basically, I'm old.
0: <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not.
2: No. no, that's it's 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 great. I'm glad that you mentioned that person too, Celia, because now we can listen. We can we can pick it up and 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 find it on Spotify and listen to her because we uh, know about her. Gris, so that's great.
0: Sil- Silvio, it's a he. Oh, sil- Silvio, yes, yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Don't worry,
1: Bill. We we got you. We got you. you. Beautiful. <laughs> as long as you don't play the hamster song.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. I like
2: that song a lot.
0: <laughs>
2: I love it. I really like that exactly. song.
3: Exactly. So. Oh God. Oh God. You. That's. You'll get along with my kids. <laughs> I
2: love it Also like <laughs> uh, okay. Oh sorry Sorry I thought she was going to say So um, Irish You are the last um, okay. um, um, Question Because we are Almost at the end So we'll give it up to you For the last question Make it a good one Great Make it, a good know, one.
0: It, it is It is, it is. Um, Before I think um, Here it is Ready Are you ready Myra?
3: I am so ready
0: all right it's not that difficult uh, then again nobody tell have told us that our questions are embarrassing we haven't we know what you told us and it don't matter we're going to keep on going anyway
3: <laughs> <laughs> well no let me clarify curious, your, questions, curious. your questions are not embarrassing your questions are excellent like you guys are professional podcasters it's excellent Thank you. what's embarrassing is that my answers <laughs>
0: No, no. they were good <laughs> look through your answer i learned that your family is fun you prank each other there's a lot of love and craziness and every household True. should be that way you should be able to play <laughs> jokes on each other i do we all do okay oh yeah. let, let, we, we're almost running out of time so let me just uh respect okay and I,
3: I do want to tell When you said prank i have to say one thing that i hope you guys carry forward yes on yeah. april fool's day I prank my colleagues at work, at least one or two whenever I can. So uh, I'm going to share with you my prank Yes. because I have to try get it. I do it to a new couple of people every year and you guys can carry it forward.
2: Wait okay. a minute. Wait a minute. Just before you share that prank, just know that there will be a lot of people who listen to this podcast and they might know, oh. uh, I don't know if you want to share the actual prank, But if you could share an old, I don't know, you can't share any Mm. pranks because you're going
3: to do them. They'll forget. They'll forget. Don't forget. Because it's such a good prank that it feels very realistic. All right. Whenever the foundation is asking for something like, um, oh, hey, we want volunteers for people to come in and review our benefits policies and be a little small working group to really dig into our benefits, you know, we're asking for volunteers or whatever the little working group is that's around, you have to take that forward it like i forwarded it i did it to lashawn i did it to my director vic i've done it to luna i'll take it and i'll write them totally seriously forward the message and i say hey luna i thought you would be really great for this like you're such a good team player and i know that you like to give a lot of yourself so i signed i nominated find you up they said they'd love to have you like please you know like put the job on our benefits review or i make it like try to make it serious and then they don't know what to do they're Miserable, they're like, Oh my god, she signed me up for a working group, and then I wait till April 2nd, and then I write them back and I say, April (laughs) fool, it's a very Ford specific prank. So, hold on, you know how
2: funny that is. That's amazing because they're probably sitting there starting to write it up yeah. as t- and going, oh my God, I can't believe I got to do this. What do I got to say? Let me sit here and do it overnight. And then the next day after they've done probably all that work, you tell them that it's an April Fool's joke. Oh man. Right. I love it.
0: I love it. I, I'm going to use it on my daughter. Forget about
3: the Ford. I'm going to be yeah. on my daughter. <laughs> I signed you up for this. I thought you'd be great for it. <laughs>
0: awesome. Have Ooh, a babysitter. some kids. last
3: question. Okay. Hit so the last I
0: All right. Now we're gonna go back a little bit because we Bill spoke a little bit about this, but I want to go right into it. So, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? And oh. and think about it. Oh, Damn. I don't need to think
3: about it. We we talk about this all the time. Is were, were you listening to our dinner conversation? It's like a favorite topic here, either comparing like would you rather have this? Would you rather have that? We talk about it all the time. Power to. Teleport.
0: That's oh. what I want.
3: Oh. Meaning, you blink I, wasn't thinking, your I wasn't thinking about that. No, because you're not in our household. We're all not know, how would I
0: know? I'm not at dinner, invite me over. I'll invite you over
3: because this is a very hot topic here. Like some people wanted the power to be invisible in my house and I'm like, I don't want people to not know I'm there. Like what am I gonna do with that? What if they do something embarrassing? Power to teleport. I recommend everybody choose this if you're given the option. That means you can blink your eyes and be anywhere. Like right now I could, teleport myself to your house to work to panama for the day come back the power to teleport is the most valuable topper i'm not a fighter so i don't need like laser eyes shooting and fire and
0: <laughs> ability to
3: cut you i don't need any fighting to or put ice hours.
0: anything ice anything coming <laughs> exactly i don't want
3: to be to you but think teleportation
0: that would change my life now here's something now i my Okay, ask me what I want, Myra. It's not all oh, about. Oh, yeah, it. I want to hear from all three of you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. What so,
3: superpower would you so, like?
0: I. The funny thing is that I think, well, I, I want to go back to history, back into the past, for my past. I, I want to. Mm-hmm. This is serious, though. So, 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 do you think that's teleport? I don't want to go into the future. I want to go back when I was a young mm-hmm. child. So, no, is that this part of it?
3: no, this doesn't, there's no time. No.
0: It, yeah, it, okay. It's well, just. If,
3: you've you've seen back to the future of the movie right
0: yes you, yes
3: you're yeah. back you never know what you're gonna do to the future yes right.
0: yes but it's okay I'm, I'm good with that i would love to relive my past and i know i can't change anything and that's fine and the reason for that is that um i lost my brother when i was oh. 10 and he was 14 and then i lost my dad uh more than 10 years ago so if I had a choice, oh, I would love to relive the past so I can see my brother and my dad. You oh, know, oh, and then again, or or if I had a gift, I'll take my chances and I'll let, you know, the good Lord give me either experience. You know, because oh, that's and, and I gotta say, yeah, and I gotta say for those who still have their father around, and I think Cynthia, your dad is still around, right, Cynthia? Yes, he is. Yeah. So that you have no idea when they say Dios te bendiga. When they give you the blessing, it's really only him that can give you the blessing. Your uncle can give it to your friends, and it, it, it might fall right, but only your dad and your mom can do it. You know. Yeah. So I lost my dad. My mom is still around, and I know how important it is. I'm so sorry. We're getting seriously though, but this is also part of it. Um, after my dad passed, you know, just a day later, my uncle said, "God bless you," and I realized I'm never going to hear that again from my dad. So. <sighs> say it and touch me the right way so that is why mm. i would like to relive the past sorry not beautiful about that. Yeah. Oh.
3: no that is excellent what about would you want i mean i wish it was a superpower where you could bring people back to mm. like if we're going there yeah because i really i miss my mom every minute of every day she was a she was in the ford foundation building a lot oh you know all the time I'd bring her yeah. because she was getting treated at Memorial Sloan Kettering. So she'd come, she'd sit in my office. And so the building brings me a lot of memories of her. I wish I could bring her back then. You're I, right, though. I, losing a parent is like nothing. Nothing.
0: Good or bad relationship, but my, my parents were also very good. Very supportive of me growing up. They never went to not one baseball game, but they were both home when I, when I got back. And my dad would always ask, so how did you do? And I was saying, just like last time we lost, but I look good <laughs> on the field, you know. Like, oh. you know and, and, then I, and now, when I run and I do and I'm excelling very well, I, I think of my dad, you know. Or when I ran my last, or well, my first New York City marathon, I'm like, Come on, dad, and, and my brother, we're going, we're going to do this, and you know, so it's awesome. That's so, it's
3: beautiful, thank you. Yeah. What of what superpower are you gonna have, Cynthia and Bill?
0: Well,
1: I'm gonna, I have. Like, if I were to be um, like an honorable superpower, I would say, you know, um, the power of healing. Because mm. um, I've lost family members to terrible illnesses, so I would love to heal them. But if I were to be petty, the power of granting explosive diarrhea on anybody that pushes me. or upsets you. So I'm, wow. I'm in the subway, and I'm about yeah, to say, and somebody pushes me. I just want to look at them and be like explosive diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be honorable and say the power of healing you, so.
3: oh wow man now,
2: you okay.
3: guys set me up like I'm like oh I want to t- teleport and, and then everybody else is getting deep like I should have fixed climate change <laughs> no, so, not no not me no, no, I'm, I'm, my, my not me
2: don't worry what's your power my power is not mm-hmm. I am I am a, a super X-Men fan so I would take I would take the power from them and my favorite x-men of all and i'm taking all of her powers all of them all of them all of them
1: my favorite x-men is storm so oh, i want to control yeah. the
2: weather i would want to control the weather and fly because she can do all that i absolutely and, and and when i get ready to do something i want my eyes to turn completely white like hers i absolutely absolutely <laughs> love first of all i love halle berry so watching her in that role just makes me go crazy but the fact that if i could Control the weather and make it rain or lightning come out of my hands because that's exactly what I want to do. I want stuff to come out of my hands, so I want to be able to like point at you and like a, a lightning bolt comes out of my, my my hands. Or just think about the weather changing and it goes from raining to snowing to that. That's like to me the ultimate. There's this 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 mutants that have better powers than her, of course. But for me, that would be the, the 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 ultimate thing. Just to be able to go up into the sky and be high above in the clouds and fly around and just. Be there and, and 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 levitate on on my own and be able to like just you know cause you know even even if i wanted to do something um um, um humanitarian like you know make it rain in places where it doesn't rain mm-hmm. or where it's super cold and, and and it's it's uh and 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 you know ice is formed or something some catastrophe has happened to be able to to change the weather so that it's not that way or when mudslides are keep mudslides from happening. If, it, if, if I know in advance that there's gonna be some, some crazy downpour in a place where mudslides are often um 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 Dangerous, they exactly. often happen i could stop that by you know just changing the actual weather pattern so it doesn't happen so mm-hmm. that would be my 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 super super power if if, if i ever had the, the the chance to get them so hopefully one day i'll you know put my finger in a in a in a, a socket. Uh, electrical socket and then all of a sudden voila <laughs> I can change the weather you know so let, let me
0: tell you bill i don't wanna ever be your enemy or oh, your Cynthia <laughs> I always sunshine is the sunshine and, and, and rainbows and
2: clean diapers. Cynthia's <laughs> is the worst. Hers is the worst because, you know, I might be able to make it rain and stuff, but I won't be able to stop explosive diarrhea until somebody does it for no. me. And so, I,
1: I'm 49, okay. so when I'm in the train, people think that they could shove me, so when I push them back, you know, they get a little huffy, so uh-uh. Don't and mess you know with what? the little people.
0: And you're slim, right? You know how hard it is? Elbows and armpits right above your head and ear. Oh hell no! But that happens but, to but, us, little. But
2: people. be, but but the crazy thing is to be in, in a in a train and having explosive diarrhea and having nowhere to go. <laughs> you yeah. So that's a
1: lesson. You, you will not push people on the subway next time. Lesson learned. Aprenda palomado. <laughs> see and Cynthia said she don't speak Spanish yeah she does
2: she does No, yeah.
1: well. I only I, I know the bad stuff in Spanish no no we, we, we can't now, go
3: there your superpower punishes the whole train not just the culprit so oh.
0: that's like well maybe well but- I'm getting off on the next stop I'll plan it that way you know what they can all all get off it doesn't matter oh but well, you, you I want to know something sorry I know that was the last question but Myra are your children bilingual fluently or oh, they're Americanized. Uh, uh, you, you speak two languages, and it's so important that we help our children to be better than us. Always. And, always. Yes.
3: Okay, so. I want to push back on do they speak both languages or are they Americanized? Because
0: <laughs>
3: they don't speak both languages, but they're not Americanized either. I did, you know, with my first child, you know, those commercials where they show by the second or third child that they're, the baby's like eating off the ground and nobody even looks. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true that that happens. That's hard because I'm the third child. So now I know how my life went. With the first one, <coughs> excuse me totally focused, spoke Spanish, music in Spanish, TV in Spanish, books in Spanish. Right. He was great. By the second one, I got a little lazier. By the third one, I'm speaking to her in English all the time. They all understand everything in Spanish. I could speak to them Good. 100%. They don't, there's nothing they don't understand. Right. The speaking is hit or miss. My daughter did speak Spanish first because my mom was living with us. And so I was always speaking Spanish. It was when she started preschool, she spoke English with an accent. We would laugh, like, where did this come from? She can't speak English well. I got that. Awesome. (laughs) But now, um, I think it's very hard because my husband doesn't speak Spanish. And as my son got older, my oldest is already 14. So I need to express, like, complicated concepts, feelings, nuance. Like, now I need to be in a different level of of conversation with him and the Spanish just wasn't cutting it. He wasn't like absorbing all the details. So I started switching to English, but I think it's all inside of them. Like I spent those couple of years really focused on speaking that Spanish. So I know they've absorbed it and I really try to elevate our culture a lot. So don't say like, oh, you know, they've constantly in class reporting that their parents are from here and here. Like they like to really, embrace their culture so we're working yes. on it
0: well look d- don't worry uh i okay it Looks like this podcast is not gonna end right now but <laughs> when my when i had my daughter and i only have one it was important to me you know because when, when she was in my stomach oh this little person is gonna be a, a superstar a news anchor you know we have dreams and this little person's <laughs> not even out yet right so as soon as she was born, an infant, like just three days, I realized I got you so many things already, but I, didn't, I don't have any books. So I grabbed the book, The Death of the Salesman. And I will read this every single page. And I will spend mornings in English and the afternoons in Spanish. And by the time she's three, she is fluent in Spanish and her education is better than mine. Wow. And so, and, so, um, and I had a babysitter too. Right? and I told her, don't don't ever speak English to my daughter. I would teach Shh. English and she'll learn it in school. And so when my daughter was three, uh, I would say, Diana, tu quieres tu medicina, you know. And she would say, Mami, yo te aviso cuando lo necesito. <laughs> and, and, and and that means, mom, I will I I'll advise you when I'm, you when it's necessary. You. And I'm like, right. I would never speak like that. Ever. I would just say, Okay, está bien, you know. But the thing is, so I made it my business, but to speak Spanish. But then by the time she's seven, you know, time changes and whatever, and I'm speaking more English in the household. And so mm-hmm. then I would say, oh my gosh, we gotta practice Spanish. So for the next hour we speak Spanish only because I realized I didn't want her to be like some other children who don't speak Spanish anymore. Mm-hmm. And so um, guess who's the first one to break the rule? You. Of course. <laughs> So that's why I agree that you, but, but, but you gotta, you have to do this. You gotta tell your kids for the next hour or for the, and if you don't respond in Spanish, you're not eating, you're not drinking or whatever. I mean, it's so important. I'm
3: no, sorry, my mom was like so strict. No, because also my relationship with my siblings, I'm very, very close with my siblings. We talk every single day. I've already talked to my sister twice today before the podcast. We are always on the phone. There's lots of group chats now that my brother's in Panama, and we our relationship is all in Spanish. I text in Spanish. We're talking wow. Spanish. Wow, Spanish because you know once you wow. find a relationship with somebody in a language, it's weird to change it. And that was our relationship was always in Spanish. My mom was very strict about only Spanish in the house, Spanish books. If she heard us speaking English, even with, her, even with her grandkids, she was like, for the next generation, like, why are you, you guys are cousins, why are you speaking in English with each other? We speak Spanish in this house. And she was very, very focused on never, ever letting us speak English in the house. And it paid off. I'm so lucky, I'm fully bilingual. It's not because of me, it's my mom. I do want to say one thing before we get off, I know we have to end, but one thing that's important it's Is your it show. All of, us? all of us here knew Sara Rios, the director who brought me into Ford, and I wanted to that's, honor, well, that, that's honor my, her. Wait, 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 that's
0: right. That was my question. Oh my gosh. Sorry.
3: That's okay. I just want because I have something I want to say and I want Please. other people to hear. Please. So I never saw when I came into Ford, board was a very fancy place. It continues to be a very fancy place. It's hard to get a job here. They hire very few program officers. I could never see myself working in a place like this. And I didn't even know what philanthropy was really, like deeply. Nobody grows up like, oh, I can't wait to be in philanthropy. It's just not on your radar. So Sarah really showed me the way when I decided to apply for the job to tell me what was involved, what it means, why it's significant, why it matters for us to be here, what difference we can make. It really encouraged me. And she said, you know, you're gonna have to get this job yourself. You're gonna have to interview with everybody, with Luis, with the vice president, with everyone, but you'll be really good at the job if you get it. she gave me that confidence and she was such an amazing, amazing woman. You know, her parents were far workers. She's a family of 12 children, of humble beginnings. And as some of you know, finally, at the end of her life, not at the end of her life, we did not know it was the end of her life. She still had a lot of life left in her. At the end of her tenure at Ford, she decided, after 25 years or something of being in New York, to go back to be closer to her family so she could take care of them, which was her role all Yeah, and she always took care of not just her parents, her siblings. She bought them a house. She really tended to her family. She got an amazing job heading a foundation there and then developed als lou gehrig's disease
2: Uh.
3: and very she had been a civil rights lawyer she had done so many amazing things as a as a you know fierce latina and then she fought als as hard as she could but it took her life eventually one of the last things she wanted to do was come back to ford and see everybody and And so She did, and so we we had a fundraiser because she had to come on a private plane with special support um, and around-the-clock care, and she did, and she saw everybody, and it was amazing. I was so proud of our Ford community. Everybody came out and showered her with love, and I'm happy to report that just last week, I think, uh, some of her friends and colleagues who've known her knew that one of the things we wanted to do to honor her was set up a scholarship in her name at the University of Toledo Law School. She went to the University of Toledo. Okay. So that mean. a student could spend a summer doing social justice work, working on behalf of other people, doing civil rights work. Like it's very hard as a law student to work in the summers at these nonprofits because the nonprofits can't pay. So they end up going to f- corporate firms a lot because corporate firms pay for the summer. So we wanted to give people, law student who wanted to follow in her footsteps the ability to do a summer job, fighting for justice. So they just launched the Sara Rio Scholarship Fund. Oh, wow.
0: Can, can you send I'm me saying. the link? I would love to make a donation in, in honor did. of Sara. Oh, yes. That was my, that was my wait, she was my gym buddy. When she was a program officer, we would meet at the gym, we would chat, we would talk in the cafeteria. We, but then once she got promoted to director, I knew I had to step back a little bit because she was focused in all her work. And she would tell me, and the more she worked in her role, the, the least I saw her. And then I would see her on Sundays on the streets when I'm going to the swimming camp, she was g- going to the Ford. And so I just want to yeah. say that she was always working. And another person oh. of five feet two and shorter, uh, she was strong and powerful. And, and and also men around us at the foundation knew her strength. And I just got to say that on her behalf and how much I loved her as my friend. And uh, my no. daughter got to meet her several times too. So i love her oh, and god bless her and her family
3: and all that so. ford put up the first hundred thousand for the scholarship Yeah, oh, oh. um, his office so it's amazing so for all the years to come there's going to be a student who's going to be a sara scholar every summer wow.
0: awesome and i'm going to continue to donate in her honor so do you, do you know it by heart but do you know it by memory by any chance where how can we all um, contact that, or you'll just send us an email, and then we, maybe we can post that. We mail. could put
3: the maybe you could li- put the link up.
2: Yep, yes. we'll put the link up when we get when when we send it out to everyone. We'll put the link in the in the podcast, so yeah, in the in the body of the email with the podcast, so that way everybody can 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 donate, or they can go and see what's uh, Great, right.
3: yeah, it's through the done. University of Toledo, but we'll give you the specifics of where within the university you have to go to donate. So okay. I'm glad I got a chance to share that.
0: Thank you. That's a great way to end the podcast. Uh, Marla, thank you, thank so you so much, much for being no, here. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Gracias, thank you. This, Gracias.
2: Was, this, was, this was wonderful. And we got to know so much about you and the things that you talked about for Panama and just in your, your life. It was a visual presentation in my head for I could see everything that you were saying in my head as though I was almost there. So it was a, a, a fantastic podcast and we really appreciate it. Oh, we want to wish you, you well you. on your
0: next adventure. And we're going to stay
3: in touch with you and your kids Please do Please do Well Bill knows where to find me Because he's at the park where my kids play That's close to his parents' house
2: Very close to the house (laughs) So we'll come out and find you We want to thank you for having uh, Coming to our Capacito And Cynthia do you want to say anything Last words Irish you going to say anything And then I'll sing Um, us out at the end
1: you know, this is my first podcast, and I gotta say, you set the bar up a bit too high. So I'm hoping uh, uh, the next one is just as great, but thank you so much. And if I ever hear the hamster song, you will be the first person I think of.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Thank you guys so much. I'm so honored that you chose me to talk to, you, and this was so much fun. So, so are, fun.
0: You are first Latina. Woo hoo! Woo! Yeah. The
2: very first. Very first. Right so with that i'm going to sing out the, the the our our um what do we call it our singing logo or whatever you might call logo, it our, our jingle song. Our, our theme song yes it, it goes a little something like this cafecito con leche con latinx black next thank you everybody it's, beautiful.
0: That, yeah, it's like and this is like one of the most easy flowing conversations we've done so yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Have
1: a Have great, a great
2: day, everybody.
0: Have a great day. Bye. See
2: Bye. you next time. On you the awesome. okay.
0: Bye.